Perverted, brought to you by Sputnik Africa. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Afroverted podcast with your host Victor Anakin. Yesterday, we witnessed the conclusion of a very successful BRICS summit in Johannesburg, South Africa. According to the second Johannesburg Declaration, a whole six countries, two of which are countries from the African continent, have been invited to join the BRICS group. The invited countries are the Arab Republic of Egypt, the Federal Democratic Republic of Ethiopia, the Islamic Republic of Iran, the Argentine Republic, the United Arab Emirates and the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Let's hear what the conclusion of the BRICS summit means for the countries of Africa from some prominent figures present at the summit, including several ministers of South Africa. Our first guest is Ms. Busiswe Mabuza, the chairperson of the BRICS Business Council. Ms. Mabuza, welcome to Afro Verdict. It's a huge pleasure to have you with us today. How would you characterize the BRICS summit? So I don't like to think of it as an alternative. I like to think of it as a demonstration to the world of how things should be done, that multilateralism is important, multilateralism, mutual respect is absolutely the way to go. That is why we are seeing so many, because people have been observing the relationship between the BRICS nations and what it has done for the nations at a human level, what is it has done for our respective nations in terms of our economies and how we interact with each other in a respectful way, also in a mutually beneficial way. I believe that that will have influenced partially all the many nations that are already applying to join BRICS because they see how the world can be if multilateralism is upheld. Ma'am, it's no secret that African countries are also largely interested in the BRICS Association. How do you see the cooperation between BRICS and African states that are not part of the BRICS group? So the first thing is that already the BRICS nations are invested in the African continent, as you know, um, all across the continent. But what is important is that with the African continental free trade area, that is at the moment being implemented. Yesterday we had, um, at our annual meeting of the BRICS Business Council, we had the Secretary General of the African Continental Free Trade Area presenting to us. And he said at this point in time, only one country has not, uh, only one African country has not ratified the articles of agreement. So. All the other nations have already joined the African continental free trade area. For it to be a reality in terms of actual trade, we need investment in our infrastructure here in the continent. We need uh, and infrastructure all the way from roads to rail to power stations. We have sunshine, but we don't have enough electricity. We up north, South Africa doesn't have as much water, but other countries up north have much more abundant water resources and we could build sizable hydropower stations um, on this continent to start fueling industrialization in the continent. So the first area of cooperation is investment in infrastructure and other opportunities as well. The second area of cooperation 
is of course this investment ensuring that this investment is not for the purposes of extracting taking the minerals and taking them out but it is for the purposes of industrializing this continent because we have the youthful population so the labor is available labor is relatively cheap the labor is ambitious and keen to work so i think that will be another win for the brics nations and then of course to address the global challenges of sustainable development it's absolutely gut wrenching it's said that there are nations that still suffer for, and there are people that still suffer from food and insecurity our brics nations are amongst the top food exporters in the world so we compete head to toe with the rest of the world now if the technology the skill and expertise that we have in agricultural production is unleashed and implemented in this continent i believe that we are going to see a completely different world because all of a sudden a continent as large as this one as youthful as this one will start showing economic growth at levels that we would really love to see and it will lift global economic growth immediately yes and speaking of food sovereignty how can russia assist african countries in regards to food security russia of course has um, fertilized our production expertise and in talks with our russian um, partners of course we do want more fertilizer available from russia but also we are seeing there's an opportunity here to start producing fertilizer on the continent because at the moment uh, my colleague in the agri business working group was indicating that on the african continent the utilization of um, fertilizer is 19 kilograms per hectare whereas in our nations and south africa is one of uh, of the large food producers in in the world in our nations in the brics nations we utilize over 100 kilograms per hectare so there is a gap of almost 80 kilograms and if if there's more fertilizer available on this continent with the water we have with the human resources we have with the land that we have we should be producing not just to satisfy the continental needs but i think the continent could also start exporting other foodstuffs uh, other foodstuffs to um, other regions during the summit a brics currency was mentioned and so was trading in national currencies so what are the prospects of trade between african states and russia using national currencies as an alternative to the dollar So the fact that you are already seeing nations trading in own currency is a very very important signal. Um China and India I believe now accept each other's currencies. Russia is uh, trading with India in their own currency and of course China in the African continent because we are so fragmented. We have 54 countries and therefore 54 currencies on this continent. So as a start this continent also needs to be able to trade in own currency this continent's trade amongst each other is totally dollar denominated and um 
it is expensive, it's difficult, it becomes very unaffordable for the ordinary people um, on the ground. So I am excited because we are increasing trade with each other as um, BRICS nations. I'm excited that we pursue this option of trading in own currency because then we start collecting the data and understanding whether our economic systems actually lend themselves to a single currency or not. What I would hate is for us to rush into a single currency and then have the experience that the Europeans had with the UK moving out of the, of the European Union and of course, um, you know, now trading primarily in their own currency rather than um, the euro. So there are lessons to be learned there and it's lessons that are in most certainly my lifetime. I think we should take heed of those. Now that you mentioned trade and business between our countries, the sanctions imposed on Russia are quite the obstacle. Could you speak to the use of unilateral sanctions against third countries? It concerns me and uh, it concerns us as South Africans because we don't know who's next. Um, And when there are multilateral institutions that have been around for decades um, that are supposed to be dealing with such interventions, it would have been much more credible, much more acceptable if the United Nations had been the one that said, yes, we agree Russia should um, have sanctions imposed on us. And it affects us even at a personal level. Traveling to Russia, I was I was invited to the Africa summit. I couldn't attend, unfortunately, because my work, uh, I had work things to do, but I wanted to go. As I was thinking about whether I should move my things around and go, I was worried about what currency, how, you know, how am I going to be able to navigate? Will I need to travel with cash? And what cash must I get? Must I get the ruble? It affects us at a very personal level, firstly. Secondly, South Africa and Russia are trading partners on a number of things. Of course, our trade is not as high as it could be because we are commodity producers, each one of each, you know. So we need to increase trade amongst the countries. And I know that my colleagues are very keen on selling more of our agricultural produce to Russia. Um, But businesses that are trading with Russia were very concerned when these unilateral sanctions were imposed, especially because South African banks then come and say, we are part of the switching system that goes to America, so we can't we can't help you at all. That's impacting people's livelihoods because the business that is trading with Russia all of a sudden must stop. So they're no longer getting the revenue that they wanted to get. And finally, it is an, it's aggressive. It's an aggression. So, and in my world, I really don't believe you resolve a problem by causing another problem. You sit down and you resolve that problem, which is why African leaders 
added delegation that went and met with the Ukrainian leader and the, and the Russian leader. But to come and say we'll impose sanctions, it causes new problems. It doesn't resolve anything. So I personally don't support um, the sanctions. I, I think it's, uh, it's, they're being used as a weapon of war. And um, we need to find other ways of doing things, especially if we claim that we subscribe to institutions that have been set up to address these issues. Ms. Mambuza, thank you very much, ma'am. Now, let's hear what Koshiencho Ramokopa, South Africa's Minister of Electricity, has to say about the potential of cooperation with Russia in the energy sector. Minister Ramokopa, please, sir, the floor is all yours. Okay, so one of the issues that uh, the Russians have raised with us is around the technology that they have. They have got the oldest uh, of the coal-fired power stations, and those are still running, and they were able to refurbish them. So part of uh, our engagement with them is to understand how did they extend the life of those uh, assets without uh, increasing the emissions level and also other fuel sources. So like I said, once the conversations have advanced and we're able to bed down what concretely we can uh, agree with, the, the BRICS membership country, member countries will be able to make that uh, uh, public. So the point I'm making is that we're talking with everyone and they've been very helpful at the table wanting to help us and with the, with the Russians it's around that technical solution that they have. They've got the, some of the oldest uh, coal-fired power stations, they are still running today optimal capacity, close to their design uh, capacity, the energy availability factor is exceptionally high, ours is just 60%, so there's a lot we can learn from them. For those of you that have just tuned in, this is your host Victor Anakin and you're listening to Afro Verdict brought to you by Sputnik Africa. The 15th BRIC Summit has finalized yesterday with the second Johannesburg Declaration. So what will the expansion of BRICS mean for the world and what will Africa get out of this? Let's hear South African ministers give their take on this matter. Moving on to our next speaker, Mr. Enoch Gondongwana, South Africa's Minister of Finance. Sir, welcome to Afro Verdict. Please tell us, how do you assess the outcome of the BRICS summit? It's a very important outcome indeed. What is done is, uh, is to assert the BRICS uh, centrality uh, in the geopolitical situation and in the global situation. And secondly, we've managed to find to increase the degree on the principle of expansion of, 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 of BRICS. So we've also agreed from of interest to us as ministers of finance for to try to use local currencies in trading amongst ourselves, also ensuring that the NDP in its financing operations it does take bonds from local currencies to finance projects in local currencies to avoid as facing currency fluctuations. These are major developments. Some describe this format of BRICS as an alternative to the unipolar system headed by the West. What is your take on that? Let me, let me just say, I don't want to play into the West terminology of, of scaremongering that we're, de- we're developing an anti-West perspective. What we're developing, we're developing a deepening relationship between the global South. That's what we're doing. Uh, and that, to me, is a critical and critical importance. BRICS will include three African member states. 
What does this mean for the continent? It's an important development. It's an important development that we have Egypt and Ethiopia as part of the BRICS membership now. Which, uh, mind you, we've already done the expansion at the bank level. Uh, Egypt is also a member of the NDB. The Saudi Arabia is also a member of the NDB. So it's an extension of some of the work we've done in the, uh, at, at the bank level. Lastly, could you speak to the prospects of de-dollarization now that BRICS has expanded its influence? But it's not going to be an easy thing to do a de-dollarization. China at the moment is fighting for uh, the renminbi to be uh, uh, a reserve currency right? um, on its own. So what that means is that what we are talking about is not... Uh, Somebody may call it a de-dollarization, but what we're talking about is that if I'm trading with my neighbor Botswana here, there's no reason why I should go and, and get an, a, a dollar instead of using the pula. Minister Gondongwana, thank you very much, sir. Now we are joined by Ambassador Siabonga Tuele, former Minister of Home Affairs and the current Ambassador of South Africa to China. Ambassador Tuele, welcome to Afro Verdict. Do tell us, what are your thoughts on the expansion of BRICS? We're very excited that uh, we had this historic achievement in South Africa. You recall that South Africa was one of the first beneficiaries of BRICS expansion in 2010. And now our family is growing because we face similar challenges. We are a partnership for development. We are not a block. We are not against anyone. But we are concerned about global development and inclusion of the views of developing countries, particularly at a multilateral level. That's why we all talk about the reform of this institution to accommodate the needs and aspirations of developing countries. We well, very congratulate those countries which were announced by our leaders, Argentina, in our own continent, Ethiopia, Egypt, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and UAE. And they said that they'll continue to consider other applications. And we think that maybe next year more and more members will be welcome because now we are clear on the criteria. Here in Johannesburg, South Africa, our leaders agreed on the criteria, methodology, and the systems which are needed for you to, to join this BRICS family. So it is important because uh, <coughs> BRICS uh, is about uniting. Uh, what what uh, binds us is a common vision to development of our people. Uh, this is a global good. What unites us is about peace, because we know when there's peace, there can be chance for development. What unites us is a push for multilateralism other than uh, unilateralism. What is even more important, I think some of the people don't know, how does BRICS take decisions? Uh, BRICS is a forum of mutual respect. There are no bullying because your economy is bigger than mine. We have equal say, we have got mutual respect, our leaders respect each other, much as we have got different policies. That's what binds us. And people often say, when you take decisions by consensus, it's too long, it's tedious, it's just a 
vote and uh, voting sometimes you don't listen that's what makes brick stronger because we listen to all other views and take the best view moving forward even now people never thought we'll agree remember we reintroduced this thing in in beijing summit again it was started in 2016 we put a hold on it last year we put it on uh, and then from the beginning of this year our shepherds were running with it and uh, guess what our leaders meet and uh, they find consensus and they are great. That's a huge step. It brings a lot of hope because you recall that during the recent COVID outbreak, a lot of developing countries, their developmental gains were pushed backwards. They felt marginalized. And yet, from us, the British countries, what pushing us to a certain extent was our institution, the New Development Bank in Shanghai, which was able to give us a contingency amount of two billion US dollars each, so that we can cope with the impact. So people are seeing this beneficial uh, relation. If you look at trade between our BRICS countries, I'll speak from the South African perspective. Since we joined in 2010, our trade with BRICS countries have increased from threefold to fivefold, depending which country you're talking about. Particularly with the country I'm deployed to, in China, I'm, I'm, I'm representing South Africa, China. The trade with China has increased exponentially since we joined BRICS. Yes, it was increasing, but you can see the statistics that this cooperation is not just a paper cooperation, it's a cooperation with tangible benefits to our people. Because our leaders have been saying, we have had a lot of these political agreements. It's time now for practical cooperation which benefits the people on the ground. How do you think we can link BRICS to the implementation of the African continental free trade area in Africa? As you know, our theme and our objective in South Africa was fivefold, <coughs> including the, the support for industrialization of Africa, AFTA. It is important that we're getting this support now from, the, from our BRICS partners. All of them are committing to work to industrialize Africa. Because that's a very important program for renewal of Africa from our Agenda 2063. And our president has been really driving this, uh, this process with uh, his uh, counterparts in the African continent. The second element of our outcomes is that one of how do we deal with the coordination of global economic recovery. That's where in opening up the industrial supply chains and trade instead of closing up. The third element is about how do we deal with the issue of energy transition because of climate change. We are still developing countries, but we are playing a, a leading role in terms of bringing renewable energy while we are still using the fossils because we are still developing. But uh, even the fossil technologies, you find that BRICS countries who are cooperating in terms of bringing the technologies to reduce the emissions, even in that coal uh, generation. The, but the renewables cooperation is very, very important. The other element is skills, because the new world requires digital skills. It needs new skills, particularly for our youth to remain globally competitive. 
and uh, and contribute meaningfully and don't feel marginalized when they are uh, uh, muted against other colleagues from developed countries. So those are very important things which we have achieved in Johannesburg that we have come out with clear outcomes on how we cooperate in order to achieve this noble objective. The peace is very important. President Putin, speaking about the BRICS common currency, said that it's a difficult question, yet BRICS will work on that. Could you speak to that, sir? As you have heard in the outcomes document announced by President Ramaphosa and other leaders, we have agreed that the ministers and, uh, of finance will work on this and present a new report. Because we, what we don't want, I just want to put this thing, we're not against the dollar. But what we're against is the use of currencies which are used for trade, for bullying others, for pushing non-sanctioned uh, sanctions, which are not UN-based, which cause problems to all of us. Because those sanctions against Russia and others now are having impact on developing countries. So we're looking at alternative currencies, we're looking at trading with our own monies, we're looking at a new currencies, including digital uh, currencies, whether we can utilize those so that there can be stability in the global trading system. Ambassador Tkweli, thank you very much for joining us. Switching over to Mr. Ibrahim Patel, South Africa's Minister of Trade and Industry. Sir, welcome to AfroVerdict. Please tell us your thoughts about how the increase in BRICS members will affect its position in the global arena. What we have now is a bigger number of people, a bigger market, uh, a bigger investable capability. And that will mean that uh, BRICS's weight in the global economy has clearly increased. Our job now is to ensure that out of that BRICS membership, this combined membership, we're able to ensure value to every BRICS member. Ultimately, citizens look to us for more jobs, for more investment, for more opportunities for small business. So this is a game changer in bringing together the economies of the South and connecting them much more. Think about it. Within all of those economies, you've got enormous resources of raw materials. You have huge pools of capital and technology. You've got a large labor force. Uh, More than 45% of the world's labor force is now in BRICS. Those are important opportunities that that BRICS can play too and ensure growth in the global economy because it's not only BRICS that will benefit from it. It's not only BRICS Plus that will benefit. When BRICS does well, the global economy too gets a dividend in increased growth because with growth goes increased aggregate demand. We suck in products from other parts outside the BRICS family and that is good for citizens all over the world. Minister Patel, thank you very much. So we really do appreciate your time. Lastly, let's welcome Ms. Kumvudzun Chaveni, Minister in the Presidency of South Africa. Minister Chaveni, what does the inclusion of two African countries mean for the continent? The inclusion of two more African countries in BRICS shows the importance of Africa into the nations of BRICS, into the partnerships of BRICS. And what's important is that those nations that have been included, I mean, Southern Africa is represented, Eastern Africa is represented, and Northern Africa is represented. But even when South Africa was represented, was the only member of BRICS, we made sure that Africa is always, the voice of Africa is not lost in the, in, 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 within the BRICS family. That's why today we have the BRICS outreach dialogue with African leaders 
leaders and leaders of the global south in, in general that are here, but majority is African leaders who are in the BRICS outreach. Because South Africa has always said our position is to make sure that Africa is not a charity case, Africa is an equal partner in the development of the world, but also in its own development. And the strengthening of the African voice by the addition of uh, Ethiopia and Egypt strengthens South Africa's voice and, and position as we negotiate with global leaders. And we are very happy to welcome them as much as we are happy to welcome the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and uh, UAE and the Republic of Argentine. And that was the end of the 15th BRICS summit that took place in South Africa. Sputnik Africa congratulates the six countries on receiving their invitations to join the BRICS group and hopes that their cooperation is fruitful and brings great results for the good of the association as well as the African continent. Dear listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's engaging episode. Don't forget that you can listen to our Afroverted podcast on multiple platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Pocket Cast, Afropods, Castbox, as well as Deezer. Check out our Sputnik Africa Telegram channel, Twitter account and other socials to always be up to date on local and global events. That said, dear friends, have a great weekend and until next time. Afro Verdict, brought to you by Sputnik Africa.